Hello, everyone, and welcome to Global Gurus. For every Friday, we explore stories of international business and speak with industry leaders operating around the world. I'm your host, Philip Auerbach of Auerbach International. Thank you for joining us. If you're tuning in for the first time, we start each podcast with a running segment called Faux Pas Fridays, where we explore a funny blooper or mistranslation that does not quite convey the professional image that your organization wishes to project. So as an example, today's guest has worked in over 50 countries, one of which is Hungary, and a sign in the Budapest Zoo said in English, please do not feed the animals. If you have any suitable food, please give it instead to the guard. So that was funny. Good one. <laughs> thank you. So today's guest is Al Mina. Uh, Al has co collaborated with the IMF, the World Bank, the UNDP, USAID, and US embassies and diplomatic missions worldwide as a market entry and economic development consultant. He has consulted with presidents of countries and senior diplomats based in Washington and worked in economic development in frontier and emerging markets of Central and Eastern Europe. He's also been a GS-12 civil servant in the U.S. federal government and managing ARA funds initiated by the White House. As a former Peace Corps volunteer in Romania, Al has authored books on the Fourth Industrial Revolution and the utilization of the social media platform in global economic development. Currently, he is leading a humanitarian campaign to help emerging and frontier markets build capacity through his face, face economics concept, a new world market strategy utilizing social media in economic development worldwide. Welcome, Al. Delighted that you can join us. Thank you, Philip. It's truly an honor and a privilege to be able to have this conversation with you. You are one of the pioneers that have shaped in the new world marketplace, if I can say it that way. Um, you know, I researched your background and listened to your YouTube videos, and I must say I'm, I'm one of your fans. So thank you so much for accommodating me and, and you know, having this conversation. Well, thank you. And just for full transparency, transparency, I have not paid Al a penny to say those wonderful <laughs> words. Thank you so much. I mean that. I mean that, Philip. Thank you for your time. So um, in your background, you talk about the fourth industrial revolution. Um, can you define for, for us what that is? And then very separately, um, what do you mean by frontier market? Right. The fourth industrial revolution is the evolution of capacity worldwide in, in the marketplace. Um, in the past, you know, when the cotton gin was developed and the printing press was developed, they and, and even the power grids and the electrical systems, they qualify under the third and, and second industrial revolution. Mm. The fourth industrial revolution is our ability to interact with machine, which is, you know, computer, artificial intelligence. Um, that we are now utilizing, not just in the marketplace, in our, our place of business or work, but we're also connected uh, to our computers uh, at home. And even in on our wrists, using our right. Fitbit, Fitbit. So uh, that's a significant change in, in how people operate and people live their lives compared to you know, the past civilizations. Yeah, very true. Uh, yeah. And so 
uh, as far as frontier market goes, these are markets that are slowly developing their capacity. They're not quite developed according to you know IMS standards or OSCP standards, but they're leapfrogging. Uh, they're you know they're within their ability to expand and support market development and infant industries in those markets. So um, that's never been uh, you know done before. It's in human history ever. Uh, most of the Western civilizations that evolved have already had the resources and and um, you know uh, knowledge mm-hmm. to advance. But today, virtually everybody, regardless of what part or continent in the world, they're advancing significantly fast uh, because of the fourth industrial revolution technology. Um, thanks to the Western ideas, Western concepts, uh, because innately, Western society have always wanted to evolve and develop uh, capacity worldwide. That's why the age of discovery happened. That's why, you know, countries were colonized Mm -hmm. back then. And so it's, yes, we may live in a, a, a very you know, intellectually driven society today, but it's, we're still adapting and, and, you know, preserving Western values in the good form of Western values. Um, so that's what this is all about, right? Fascinating. And when you say capacity building, um, basically it means the physical infrastructure of the country, right? Um, roads, schools, hospitals, um, telecom systems, all of that, but it also is human capacity, education, uh, building up skills, um, uh, creating jobs, creating uh, better agriculture, better uh, industries, whatever the case may be, to build the economy, right? Absolutely, yes. And give some examples, please, of some frontier economies, frontier countries. Right. These would be, you know, the Republic of Moldova, Timor-Leste, Palestine, you know, uh, Madagascar. Uh, You know, the countries that have been significantly small but had lack of resources because of their inability to trade and, Mm. and, you know, export. Uh, So, but in today's world, uh, the new market world, these countries are actually, you know, leapfrogging uh, in terms of capacity in their advancement and, and economic development initiatives and portfolios. Um, and this is this is because of the internet or because of Facebook or because of other social media platforms? It could be attributed to, you know, a social media platform, definitely, uh, because they're now able to, you know, share and, and promote their local communities and countries to attract FDI for direct investment, attract tourism, attract, you know, new um, potential immigrants into their countries mm. that are well-educated to help build capacity. Uh, you know, there's digital nomads, for example. I don't know if you've heard of the term digital nomads. Yes. Uh-huh. Countries are now giving visas to digital nomads so that they will go and help build you know, um, the business and entrepreneur uh, environment in those markets. Uh, and so technology have, 
not just change our way of doing business or work, maybe, you know, uh, teleworking or hybrid working, mm-hmm. but it's also change, you know, the way our systems is being developed and, you know, promoted worldwide. Um, and, and, and I think that's just going to be uh, a consistent, you know, evolution of the marketplace, especially in today's reality after the pandemic, um, just because, you know, uh, the pandemic actually created an opportunity for the world markets to, you know, diversify operations and also experiment on new ways of doing business. Um, so that's the trajectory of, of the supersonic speed hmm. that markets and countries are now evolving into. Yeah, that is fascinating. It's very, very true. Um, so we've had the internet in this country since before, well, Facebook started in, was it 2004? Yes, so that's correct. The internet was before that, let's say around 2000. Um, oh, yeah. And the internet is still coming to a lot of these developing countries, frontier economies. Is that right? That's very true. Um, but on top of, you know, just the internet, they're also utilizing smartphones. And these smartphones are increasing their ability to, you know, basically market their products and services around the world. Um, And yes, the internet happened, well, we've had the internet for the longest time, um, you know, way before 2000, but we have a very different internet system today, which is 5G. Mm, Yes. Uh, And and that in itself is a major game changer uh, in in terms of, you know, capacity and and our ability to, you know, uh, increase market capacity. So... That's, I, I think we need to encourage our, the population our, here in, in America to think outside the box, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, become more, you know, visionary minded, uh, because that's the new normal. That, that's what's changing markets, you yes. know, becoming, you know, more proactive and, and decisive in terms of our approach. Uh, you know, uh, we need to teach our population to become leaders and, and you know, um, pioneers in, in whatever it is that they're, you know, passionate about. Um, become more entrepreneurial in, in the way they think um, and, and promote capacity building uh, among our friends, family, and, you know, allies around the world. That, that is the normal. And when they, people say new normal, new normal means advancement. It means, right. you know, right. thinking outside the box. Um, and so it's nothing to, to be worried about or fear. Um, the, to build on the concepts you've, you've just related, um, when I give presentations, I remind people that around 72% of the world does not speak English. And that's an enormous market that Americans tend to overlook. And 89% of internet users are outside the United States. Right. So if we've got 10% and basically 90% is in the world. um, Big chunk of, you know, the pie. The huge chunk of the pie that people are often overlooking. 
Um, so how did you get into, what is your background in terms of growing up and getting into this whole uh, global mindset of this? Uh, right. I come from, you know, my, my parents were immigrants and, you know, um, from, where? from the Philippines. Okay. And so I uh, pretty much grew up being influenced by various cultures, mentalities, and mindset. I've got German relatives. My, my dad had at one point in his career worked in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia. Um, and throughout my life, especially growing up in Norfolk, Virginia, we were surrounded by Greeks, Eastern Europeans, you know, South Americans. So um, I, ne I never grew up in a country or a society that everybody looks, thinks, and act like me mm. or speak like me. I grew up in, you know, part of the country where everybody's from somewhere else. Um, and I think growing up in that kind of environment, and especially now in my generation of Americans, uh, have significantly uh, developed this, you know, uh, this hunger to learn about the world and, and to see, you know, what's different and, and what's worth, you know. Mm -hmm. Learning more about the mysteries of the world, the mysteries of people groups, the mysteries of the transitions of societies into a more, you know, affluent societies, robust, uh, efficient societies. Those were the things that I was interested in knowing about growing up. Um, and so I, you know, majored in international business, studied in, in the UK and then studied a part of my program also in Jerusalem. Mm. Um, but you know, was, I still, sorry, were you in Jerusalem after 1967? I assume. Yes. That so was uh -huh. United. Uh, was one United city. Right. right. So of right. course, then you you saw the Israelis and the Palestinians interacting together. Right. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, so I I don't feel as if there is one country that is monolithic. I see countries and cultures united by culture and influences within those culture that are positive. And those are what I try to take out mm. uh, from all my experiences is pick up positives of each culture that I've been, you know, influenced by. Um, you know, and I, I feel very fortunate to be an American. You know, yeah. I was very fortunate to grow up in a society where we embrace diversity. We embrace, you know, um, people from all over the world. And so now I'm the byproduct of, of America. <laughs> That's fan fabulous. Um, can you give us some specific examples of how you've introduced products through the internet, through smartphones, through technology, into some frontier markets, for example. Yeah, we utilize, you know, social media uh, as a platform. Mm -hmm. So we transcend product placement. We're, we're, we're not just, you know, trying to, you know, place a brand or a service on our platform. We actually want to influence them to learn through knowledge transfer via our platform, which is called Face Economics, the utilization of the social media platform in economic development. So it, it, it becomes more 
you know, interactive and intuitive in terms of building market brand presence. We're actually sharing information that people can utilize and evaluate, you know, places to go visit, for example, tourism sectors um, and new products that are being, you know, marketed around the world. You know, um, let me me interrupt you for a moment. Um, So are you using your face economics platform to transmit like educational knowledge, like mathematics, for example, a mathematics course, or are you teaching farmers about better farming methods or are you introducing new products that can yeah. Um, enhance their lives and somehow. Right, exactly. Social media is a diverse platform, right? There's right. ways to teach people certain ways, lessons, trainings. Um, and also... Are, are you doing all of that or some of that or part, part of that? Our, our concept is to utilize the platform. So we're, we're not specifically targeting, you know, a specific performance, but we're targeting the utilization of the platform. Okay. So um, a good portion of what we do is to encourage the use of social media around the world uh, to influence, you know, capacity building and, and entrepreneurship, maybe, you know, brand promotion or services uh, that would create value. Mm-hmm. So our concept is it, not just specifically, you know, uh, targeting us you know a certain demographics for example we want people to appreciate the new tool that we have in the new world marketplace that was never ever available in history of mankind so we're now exposed to ideas and concepts and even you know mentalities around the world uh, that creates value uh, because of the social media platform. Um, when you talk about influence, can you give me some specific examples of, again, products or concepts that you have that you're promoting on your platform that would influence others? Right. So I've, I've promoted my book on our platform, for example, right, and the book in itself was used to promote our concept of social media, uh, place economic, this is a social media platform, economic development. Uh, that's been utilized in various markets, but because of the diversified ability of social media to, you know, encourage people to use, you know, either video blogging or podcasting or posting on their social media platform, Facebook, it's a so diversified uh, platform that it depends on whoever it is that's posting a product or service on the you know platform on who it is that will get access to those materials. So it, it's not right. It's not like a website. You know, a website endorses you know a, a company and 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 product or service. Mm-hmm. Social media is more. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's interact. You can interact using social media. 
right. which people are able to ask questions simultaneously and they can provide an answer. You can provide answers simultaneously. That's what's changed in the way mass communication is done. I, and mass communication have you know facilitated industry standards because of social media. You know, you have Twitter, for example. You have you know Skype, Zoom. Right. All of these were platforms that develop a new norm in, in capacity building. So markets in the past and traditional, you know, the traditional, like what we know how markets were developed in the past was basically we share trainings to a, you know, a, a, you know, a group of professionals, architects, you know, bankers, doctors, we huh? train them one way and they learn the German way of doing business versus a French way of doing business versus an American way of doing business. It's, you know, the knowledge transfer within that environment is significantly confined. In in today's new world market, in today's global, you know, platform on social media, these are all fragmented and you pick which areas, which school of thought you want to buy into or learn more about or you know analyze right so that gives the the viewer or or user of social media options right so all this are are fairly new it's it's never been done ever in humanity that's why in my opinion the next generation maybe 10 20 years from now are you going to be thinking very differently uh, because of the amount of knowledge and, and information that they're exposed to, it, it, it's so you know diversified, and they get to pick and choose which information they want to subscribe to. In the past, there's progressional learning. You know, you expose a, a kid from you know kindergarten all the way to college into a specific type of school of thought. You know, progressional school of thought, classical conditioning. Right. Um, in today's market, if I want to learn how Japanese people, you know, do cal- algebra calculus versus somebody from France would do calculus or algebra versus somebody in Saudi Arabia would do calculus on algebra, I have that opportunity to do that today. Right. I'm not confined anymore. And so the evolutions of the markets is significantly uh, advanced today and rapidly advancing because of these options that people can leapfrog mm. in, in terms of you know building capacity. So so um, it, it's a new way of, 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 of you know statecraft. Uh, you know, it, I mean, we're kind of test driving this world of social media today. Okay. And who knows what the next, you know, big thing's going to be. Um, as long as it provides a solution, you know, yeah. if it provides some sort of solution to the world's problem, it's going to be embraced. 
And I think social media is, has billions of users today because it provided a solution to stagnant market environments. Countries that didn't evolve, didn't develop, didn't create capacity. Mm, yes. Um, now have the opportunity to do so. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's fascinating. Sure. Um, in your consulting of this or study of this, do you come across any cultural issues that become barriers to learning or barriers to spreading the knowledge? In oh, yes. Yeah. Many, uh, especially protectionist government, uh, countries that are anti-West, you know, for example. Uh, but even then, they're starting to warm up. You know, they're, they're letting their population to get on social media, on Facebook, on YouTube, and accessing, you know, intelligence, knowledge transfer. Because they know that's where the evolution of the marketplace is happening. Um, yes, there's going to be pushback, but that's not going to be around very long. Right. Especially, you know, those countries that have been significantly affected by the pandemic is significantly disrupted, you know, within the global marketplace because they weren't able to develop their economy. They weren't able to attract investment. Um, their central banks uh, are have limited to no resources to support, you know, the market. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's just, you know, that's what they call the reality of today's world. But there's also this, you know, school of the new normal is what they say, the new normal. But the new normal can be seen negatively, can also seen positively, depending on who you ask. And the ability of that person to interpret you know, the ability uh, of a segment of a population to improvise and improve quality of life uh, within that market. Uh, and, and most of the influencers today are young people. Um, uh, and so uh, they don't usually, you know, can subscribe to, you know, the old school of thought, for example, you know, and, and being so uh, cookie cutter type of mentality and strict and, you know, it, it's no longer, um, you know, a value. In the past, those, you know, traditionals are, are a value to society because that's how you keep people together. Right. But, you know, that's slowly, you know, going down is depleting um, um let me let me sort of build upon what you were saying like protectionist governments um certainly if the if um autocracies don't of course they don't want the spread of information they don't want the spread of western democ democracy the way we understand it of course um and they block any controversial political views but something, um, many traditional societies, for example, have you know, pres prescribed the role of women, of course, as taking care of the household and the children and the, the cooking and the cleaning and all right. of that. Um, and for them to build their economies, they need to recognize that women have a, a very valuable place in the workforce. Exactly. That point. Uh, but this, of course, poses a problem when Western thinking through social media, through 
other means. Um, right. Stresses, for example, women's equality or uh, the equality of the genders in terms of the workplace. You know, obviously, it's still not equal, but it's more equal than it was. Right. And it's certainly more equal in Western societies than it is in traditional countries. So do, do these kinds of issues pose conflicts that you have observed, cultural conflicts, um, economic conflicts, whatever kind of conflicts to spread this information and then the putting up barriers toward it? Right. And you brought up a perfect example of how the evolution of the marketplace is playing a role in these countries and markets and, you know, sovereign markets, sovereign countries, uh, where they have their own ability to, you know, create their own values and cultures and traditions and norms. But yes, I, the answer would be absolutely. Um, most of the decision makers grew up in a very different world and different era. And so they're pushing back. But then again, I was, you know, in Eastern Europe, a former communist region, and women today, they are starting their own business. They're becoming executives, hmm. you know, they're becoming leaders, politicians. So, and even in Saudi Arabia, in Saudi Arabia, traditionally Muslim society are now considering having women leaders. You know, it, 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 so it, I think the world and people, we have human nature and the hierarchy of our needs is becoming uh, significantly influenced by social media. The more things that we're exposed to today, the more things that we would want something and feel as if we need certain things to be right. a part of our lives. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that's just the reality of the marketplace, because at, at the end of the day, countries are one block of a marketplace. Everybody are going to consume and what they would demand and to provide the supply to those demands. So, um, yes, we definitely live in a very different world. And, and I'm not just saying this, you know, as it was previously, you know, promoted mm -hmm. during the age of discovery when they said, you know, we live in a different world back then. The reason for that is because people are able to get on a boat and live, you know, to, and move to a different country and, and start production. Right. But today, all bets are wrong. Mm. Your ability, your ability to you know, think outside of the box, be, you know, a visionary, be, a, you know, an influencer, be an entrepreneur, you know, uh, be that change maker. Uh -huh. And just like what you've done, Philip, um, early on in your career, very few people would want to live in your boots because it's, it, it you know, it, it, you created something that it's not easily, you know, the, you know, uh, replicated. You can't create a substitute to what you're doing. That's what we need today is that we need to become so motivated as individuals to create something of significant value to the mm -hmm. world, to provide a solution to the world. Um, and that would lift all boats.
You know, imagine uh, uh, countries that we don't have to worry about wars, not wanting to, you know, not having to deal deal with continuously developing them by funding them, right? Right. Um, and less poverty, more peace, you know, and cultural acceptance. Um, uh, yeah, maybe that's that's you know where we meant to be today. I don't know. Well, but it, I mean, social media was an experiment at one point. Right. Nobody thought that it was going to be this big uh, up until we started seeing you know other countries being influenced by what we do here. Yeah. Well. The, the world that you're defining, hopefully, is the world of the future. Uh, very much. I mean, it's certainly there already and will become even more so the world of the future as more people benefit by what you are doing and by the, the concepts that you're promoting. So well, thank, thank you, Phil. But I, I believe that you started, you know, the whole movement uh, because of what you've done in your career and throughout your life. Uh, like I said, there's not a lot of people that would want to do what you did. You went through all, you know, the challenges and, and you know, sacrifices to develop, a, a, you know, a, a very unique idea. You're, you're, you know, helping influence languages, helping influence markets by helping them understand each other and, and uniting societies and culture and people groups. But <laughs> no one in the right mind would want to do that. Because it's all—it's so hard. There was no social media when you were growing up. When we when I started my language agency over thirty years ago, the way we communicated was by fax machine. Most people have no idea what that is. <laughs> right. When exactly. We get files from translators. It was either faxed or there was something called a blesser, which right. is a way to get. Um, a file into a satellite and then someone uploaded it and then some we had to download it and it took at least a half an hour if not an hour to download exactly. something that today is done in seconds so it's, it was very fascinating so you basically created a model where you know people gradually took over and started utilizing so you created the social media of your era so that my generation can kind of tweak it. I don't know if we really created a significant, you know, new concept or idea. Yeah. It's just the tools that we have today is because of what you guys develop early on in your career and in your life. Uh, so there's, a, this is a, I think there's lessons to be learned in that because. Um, there's people in your generation, for example, are they are they're a bit up, uh, I would say, pessimistic in, in you know how the world is developing and, and all these social media you know platforms being you know somewhat disruptive in markets. Mm -hmm. uh, but you didn't see things that way. You know, you, you saw things as the possibility, the opportunities uh, versus, you know, pushing back and said, OK, this isn't going to work. So you kept on doing what you've been doing. Yeah. Uh, and I think 
we need to learn from pioneers and visionaries like you uh, because this is, you know, the social media platform is an experiment and, and we need a guiding light to make sure that it's not misused. You know, we had this presidential election, for example, and, you know, Twitter and social media platforms were pretty much a, a key player um, in the last general election. Yes. In the U.S. Yes. Oh, right. So imagine, you know, the power, you know, that is somewhat kind of above our own government system. You know, these internet giants are, are now able to silence a sitting president, for example. You know, Twitter yeah. removed, you know, any access and privileges to, you know, Mr. Trump. So all of this uh, is it, 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 very, I don't know how to even put it. How, how do you regulate that? How, how do you, you know, make sure that a society, a world, that is regulated uh, by the internet giants of the world will continue to be ethical, continue yeah. to be, you know. Well, that is an issue for politicians to decide. Um, but I thank you so much for your wonderful ideas and your presentation and, you know, getting people to think, to realize um, really outside of the box that what we've created, what your generation has often created, uh, is, you know, really spreading to benefit societies in places, as you say, that have never been touched before, that have been stagnant for generations or centuries. Um, sure. And it's really wonderful that what you've been doing uh, is really forwarding the process of capacity building and economic development. So, thank you. Thank you. So our guest today has been Al Mina of Face Economics. And uh, thank you so much again for, for joining us today. It's been a great pleasure having you. Likewise, thank you so much, Phil, for having me. It's been a pleasure to meet you finally. I'm, I'm a big fan. Thank you. So this has been Philip Auerbach of Auerbach International. Uh, please join us again next week for another edition of Global Gurus and their stories of international business.